15 of movies to watch. Number one, uh, number top five would be the first one, and then a, a Temple of something. Yeah, that one. But this one here uh, is a, a great part. I remember as a little kid watching this moment there, and uh, who remembers watching it and thinking, how is he going to get across? Who thought that to themselves? And the illusion was that the, obviously the bridge was the illusion. It was part of the cliff, which looked like a cliff, but actually was a bridge. And so all he needed to do was trust the first step. And so this morning we're going to carry on our faith uh, series, part two. So I want you to turn to someone and say, God wants to increase your faith this morning. But God doesn't want you to stay where you're at um, in terms of your walk with Christ. Last week we spoke about this rope. Who remembers that? Who wasn't here last week? Um, just watch the, um, the clip on Facebook. It's free. Uh, but we talked about faith and how we actually activate our faith and actually we can't see what's on the other end. But God has given us the faith to believe in Him. And so in faith, we stretch out and start to believe for things. And on the other side of our faith, there's something. Remember, it's the substance of things that we cannot see and which gives us hope. And another translation in the message talks about it gives us a handle of things. So the things that we are, are trusting for, we can pull those things up. But we've got to trust, we've got to pray according to the Word of God, the will of God, and the ways of God. Cool? Pretty straightforward. So this morning, we're going to um, trust God. This, isn't it amazing that when you're talking about something, and then this week, we've had something happen. Um, being with Chance and his father, Fear, that was a tough, tough, tough night. But we had faith. The Bible says, if you, even if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, that's able to move a mountain. And during the week, we had a mountain in front of us. And this week, I'm sure that many of you in this room have been challenged with a few things that have tested your faith. Isn't that right? I know Marty with the accident as well. His faith was probably tested. But the amazing thing about God is that He remains with you and journeys with you through it. That you're not alone. Turn to someone and say, you're not alone. Because, you know what? For sometimes when you're like that and when you're, when you're thinking about the situation you sometimes feel, what have I done to deserve this? Who feels like that sometimes? You know, you get to that place where you're going, God, I've been so faithful to you. But then you get to a place where you go, what have I done? And me and Chance had this, uh, we had this talk about this, and we had this theological talk about that God didn't do this to you, but he allows these things to happen. But he is with you. He's never forsaken you. And in the midst of that, what I came with was what was the faith I had. That's all I came. I came with the faith I had. I, was, I came into that room. It may have been a, a small rope, but at least it was something to hold on to. And sometimes in situations in your life, and you gather around people, when you walk into a situation, it may not be the, the flashiest of words. You may not have a, a theological degree to go with it, but all you can do is bring your faith that you've come with. That's why the Bible talks about God wants to increase our faith because he doesn't want us to settle there. 
And in that moment in the time we got together, we prayed. It wasn't like a, a, a storm or like we went shouting the walls down. But the thing is that in our hearts, we had to trust that God was going to come through. That's all we can do. And his life, his father's life was on the line. And the reason why I use this example so fresh this week, and I really felt as I went there that God was testing me where I was at. Because it's one thing to preach faith, but it's another thing to walk it out. Amen? Because you can preach all you want and say all the colorful theological words you want, but things, when things get tested, when the custard hits the fan, that's when things get tested. And in that moment, as I was going up the elevator at Auckland Hospital, I, I went, God, I don't know what to do, but I know that you can bring healing. That's all I had to do. And as I got, and as I actually outlined what was going on, that he had, if they didn't operate 24 hours to live, only 20% chance, uh, 20% of people that have survived this operation actually survived. That's crazy. But guess what? My God is faithful. And even though I may not feel it sometimes because our walk is not a feelings walk. It's not a, I feel like this today and I feel like that tomorrow. No, it's a faith. I can't see God by confidence and conviction that you're going to come through. And all I could do in that room was walk in with the faith. And we sat down and we prayed. And the amazing thing about faith is that faith comes by hearing and hearing through the Word of God. And that text there, it's the rainbow with the spoken Word of God. And as we started to share stories, as we started to hear testimonies in that room, heard from his uncle, he said, ah, there, they they had an incident like this with one of his brothers, and he came through. Guess what it did to us? It built faith. And I was going, wow, testimony. He may not have thought it was a testimony, but to me I was going, I'm encouraged. I feel, I feel better now. I feel good. And we just had to walk out, in and out, in and out. And the amazing thing is that when we left there about just after 3 a.m., and the doctor stood there, tired after a seven-hour surgery. Seven hours. I was going to thank God for those surgeons. Because God uses surgeons. And as he stood there with just his composure, we're going, is this, this is the guy, the best in New Zealand was operating. This is a guy, God made a way when there was no way. But we had to trust God in that moment. Before that, that moment we saw, and he said, he behaved himself. You'll see him soon. And he woke up yesterday. And the amazing thing is that in the midst of that, people started to say, we have to trust God. Even people that don't believe, we have to trust God. That's the testimony of our faith. And this morning, I want to encourage us to, to stick to that, to trust God, to know that God is faithful. Last week, we started on the text in Hebrews. So Hebrews, if you've got your Bibles with you, if you want to open your Bibles to Hebrews 11, it's a text that we read last week. We talked about our faith stretching out, believing God. And now this morning, I want to just talk about uh, we spoke about the evidence, the substance, the witness of, of faith in our lives. But this morning, I want to talk about the characters in the Bible that we actually heard about, and we'll talk about the hall of faith, okay? So I'm just going to systematically read through, and I hope it stirs your faith, okay? So we're going to go through all the characters that are actually listed in the hall of faith, 
in that scripture, okay? If you want the notes, I can just give them to you. It's not a problem. Okay, Abel, we hear Abel first. Abel's, Abel's faith was a faith that worshipped God. No matter the situation, he brought his best. Can I ask you the question, do you bring your best? Or is it, I'm going to give 100% to everything else and then give God my leftovers? See, Abel's testimony, his faith was out of the faith that I want to give God the best. And that's the kind of faith that we need to come with. This whole faith of, I want to worship God with all my heart. I want to worship God. Remember, worship is not what we sing on Sundays. Those are songs that allow us to express our love for God. Worship is every day when you're washing the dishes, when you're mowing the lawn, when you're working, when you're having a conversation. In the midst of that, you're honoring God with your conversation. You're honoring God with your work ethic. You're honoring God with your life. This is all an expression of worship. But can I ask you, I can challenge you with something. Is it your best? Or is it, I've, I've worked so hard, Joe, you don't know my week, I've worked so hard, so I can't come on Sunday because I've got a busy schedule. Well, how about we prioritize our, prioritize our lives and say, God's going to give, I'm going to give God the best on a Sunday. All my energy, all my attention, and then the Bible says that if I seek Him, that He's going to add to my life. So I'm going to give Him my best on a Sunday. Actually, Sunday in, in, in the actual calendar is the first day of the week. So when you come to the first day of the week, I'm going to give God the best. I'm going to be the loudest in singing this song. I'm going to sing louder than anyone beside me because I'm coming to bring my best. I'm going to come with my financial um, contribution because I want to bring my best. I want to come with a heart to be gracious to someone this morning, have a conversation, speak faith into their life because I want to bring the best. You know, sometimes I get on Sundays, there's a lot of people wanting my attention. And I, love, I just love sitting down and just having that conversation. Because guess what? Joe's not the center of it at all. Last time I checked, it was Jesus. And I, if we fix our eyes on him, he will actually provide a way for you. The reason why I say that is that there's a lot of attention on what I do and who I am. But my, my focus should be this, to highlight Jesus in your life. Because he's the only way. Me and Chance had this talk when we were praying. Bro, it's Jesus. I texted him yesterday, it's Jesus, and he just thanked me for something, and I said, it's Jesus. The thing is that we can't take the position already taken by Jesus. He is on the throne. Get off it. Because he deserves the worship. He deserves the honor. You know, when I come here on, on the mornings, and this is a practical thing, when I come here, I want to give God the best but I've been slack lately. I've come two minutes past eight. We meet here at eight o'clock. Two minutes past eight. Oh, Joe, you're an evil person. No, I'm not. I'm just late. And I'm going to time it from Mangri to here. No excuses. I've just got to be on time. But that's not giving my best. And so I rebuke myself. Get here on time. But the thing is that we need to live a life where everything we do, like Abel, his faith was to worship God with everything. I give you my first. Are we doing that in our daily lives? Or is it just half pie, 50%? Now we need to come with 100%. Enoch was mentioned in the Hall of Faith. He actually walked with God. He walked with God. Are you walking and step with the Holy Spirit every day?
Because if you're walking with Him, no, no, no the Holy Spirit's not going to walk with you. You've got to walk with Him. And you allow yourself to be led by Him. Then guess what? Your faith gets uh, expanded. It explodes out of you. Why? Because you're with the, the God of heaven and earth. It's important that we need to walk with God, not just on Sunday. So does your faith, is it a faith that walks with God? Is it a faith that worships God? Is it a faith that walks with God? Does your faith walk with God? Or is it your, are you being led by fear? Are you being led by your feelings? Or is it a faith to say, I believe God will come through? You know, faith doesn't require you to shout. I've seen so many times in prayer meetings, you have to shout. You don't have to shout. When Chance gets on the road, and we're using this because he's a, his story, but also he's a police officer, so he can use this. He stands there on the middle of the road. He has full authority on who he is. If he was to stand in the middle of the road with his uniform and full authority because he's been given an access to actually command any vehicle that comes down the road when it's a traffic stop to stop, he's not saying, stop! Please stop! Sometimes when we come to God, we're like that. Please, Lord! No, no, Father. This is attitude of, I know who I am. And when he stands here with authority, he says, That car, <laughs> and if it doesn't, he'll jump straight into us. <laughs> but the thing is that we have authority. We carry authority. All authority has been given to us. It's not a shouting thing. It's not a shouting contest. So many times in prayer meetings, we're trying to shout over each other. When it's actually a conversation with the Father. I'm not talking to my son like this. I can't! How are you this morning? No, that's the thing. I can't. How are you? And we have this conversation. It's that father-child conversation. The reason why I say that is because are we walking in faith with God? Is your faith a faith that walks with God? Noah. Is your faith a faith that works with God? Noah was giving strict instructions on how to build an ark. Never seen one before. So if someone was to give you something to build something, you have no idea what you're building, but you have to build it according to the cubics, the lengths, all that, you've got to have a lot of faith. Isn't that right? You've got to have faith. Because you haven't seen the architect. You can hear him, and you're saying, you need to do this as it is. And you, your faith has to work according to what needs to be done. Some of us run away from the call of God because we lack faith and in disobedience, we walk away because we don't want to work with God. There was a guy that was supposed to go to Nineveh that didn't want to work with God. His name was Jonah. Because God said, this is what you need to go. Go to the people of Nineveh. Tell them to turn. Or else I will judge them. And what he did was, no, thank you. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to work with you. I'm doing my own thing. I'm doing it my way. Are we like that with God? Is it your way or is it God's way? There are many faith stories in this room where you've had to really trust God. But God's asked you to trust Him by working with Him, to be co-laborer, to trust Him in faith. 
Some of you have actually said, God, I want to trust you more. And God says, I want you to do this. And you're going, well, well okay then, God. <laughs> Boundary lines have not fallen here in pleasant places. But God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. And that's where your faith gets activated and you start to work with God. How many times, hands up, have you been challenged by God? You've heard His voice in your spirit and you've been challenged and it's, it's something that you need to sacrifice. It's, it's hard work. So you go, oh, God. Who's had that kind of reaction when God's told them to do something? And, and it is because that means you have to do some work as well because there's the sovereignty of God and then there's human responsibility. It works together. God doesn't just do it all for you. He wants you to actually take ownership and res be responsible for what he has called you to do. And I'll be honest, one of my big things in my household, and I'll just speak about my household. I've got to speak things with my boys. I am very tough love with my teenagers now, okay? Khan's looking at me, staring me down. And the thing about Zach and Khan is that what I need to do is teach them to be responsible for themselves. So one of my big things I do now is around conversation, and then when they ask for stuff, when they want this, when they want that, I say, get a job. And you're probably thinking, oh, you're so harsh, man. You're, you are so harsh. But guess what? It's not harsh. Because they need to have someone else in their life telling them what to do. And telling them to be responsible. And who knows that your boss is different to your parent. And your parent just wants to love you. Oh, I love you, my boy. Come here. I will do anything for these boys. I will die. Honestly, I will die for them. But the thing is that there's other voices that need to be in their lives that will help them be responsible young men. And when I say get a job, there's a whole lot of weight behind it. And some of you go, you're evil. You're evil, Father. Be quiet. Because guess what? What I'm trying to do is this. I'm trying to say, if you get a job, that means you will wake up on time. That means you won't have to ask for money from me like I'm an ATM. I didn't realize Dad was about ATM. You don't have to ask for anything. You can go to shop at any time and buy whatever you want. But it's up to them. It's their responsibility. Who here lives in a million-dollar house? And you don't want to put your hand in there. <laughs> because God doesn't just give it to you, eh? But some of you are thinking, oh, I would love to live in a million-dollar house. I'd love to have people, you know, just work for me. But that's not the way God does things. God actually puts you through a process where he's building character. Character is massive to God. It is massive. Why? Because our character before Christ didn't look like anything like Christ. And so the character process is to be like Christ. And we are not like Christ in this room. Even though you think your, your husband is the most perfect thing in creation, Christ is still number one. And God is trying to make us and build us towards being Christ-like. I want to be Christ-like. But I'm nowhere near that. But I'm working towards that every single day of my life. Amen? And that needs to be our, our prayer. We've got to work with God. God wants to challenge us. God wants to bring things that will actually challenge us.
we start to break down, and it talks about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the patriarchs of um, Israelites. And then the faith that's developed out of there is a faith that waits on God. Does your faith not just worship God, not just walk with God, not just work with God, but does your faith wait on God? We live in a society that is so impatient. We live in a quick fix society. The fastest turnover of organizations are easy fix, and they actually don't provide a lot of their own products. Uber, which is, who uses Uber here? Yeah. Uber makes a lot of their money out of other people's, obviously, the, or the way it's actually done. They didn't really do a lot of work. They're just going to make sure that people get the right person to pick them up. But the amazing thing about that is that it's easy and it's cheap. Takeaways. All the fast food out there. It's easy. And when the takeaways are not fast enough, you're like going, hurry up. Takeaways are not fast enough. Fast food is not fast enough. Hello? Because we are so impatient. We're like that. But God wants to test us in these things. We need to be patient when he calls us to something, when God calls us, he gives us a faith to believe. We start to believe. But the thing is this, we need to also wait on him. Who likes waiting? No one. No one. No one likes waiting. When we sat in that room, we had to wait. As we looked around, there were tears. As we looked around, there was praying. As we looked around, there was a hope. As the night got on and on, there was a sleep. <laughs> People there fell asleep. But all we could do was wait. There was nothing we could do. All we had to do was trust in, in God that he would break through. Because we knew that people were praying outside of that room. We knew that together in that place that we knew that God was going to break through. But we just had to trust the process and trust God in that moment. Chance is waiting easy. Was it easy for you? It's not easy. But he stood on stage this morning on the other side of God's power, of God's breakthrough, to testify of the faithfulness of God. And that's, that's what we aim for every time. That on the other side of our waiting, there's a breakthrough. On the other side of the, the, those disciples, the 120, they went to pray in the upper room. Remember that moment? When their Savior had been taken away, crucified, put in the tomb, they, all they did was pray and wait. The Bible talks about tarry. They tarried, which is where they waited with expectation. They tarried, they waited, they waited, they waited, they waited, they waited, and then God broke through. But that was days. That was days where they had to just trust God that he was going to break through. Some of us are waiting for God to break through, and it's been over 20 years. Some of us are trusting God for a loved one that doesn't even know Christ, and you're waiting. Some of us are even praying for our, our husbands, our wives, even in this room, that they'll come to a place where they know I have a relationship with Jesus. You're waiting. Is it easy? No. 
Is your faith getting challenged? Yes. But if you can trust as you wait, trust as God breaks through, He will break through. Another character in that hall of faith was Moses. He had a faith that warfared. Is your faith a faith that warfares? There is a time and a place for warfare. Spiritual warfare. And in cases which you know that you need to just break through a little bit more, just go, God, I need you to break through. You need to warfare even more, declare even more, decree even more. And these are times that we, we see in the scriptures where Moses was there. He lived his life like that. That he had to trust God. And his faith levels went from, man, he wasn't brought up in the, in the traditions of his family or his culture, but then he was actually brought back to the place where he had to be the redeemer for a whole nation. It's pretty crazy. And so he had to have faith for himself. Because remember, he kept on saying, well, I, I'm, I can't speak properly. He's my brother, Aaron. He's a better spokesperson. And God uses them together as a team. But the major thing is that on this journey, there was warfare after warfare. Why? Because Pharaoh didn't want anything of it. He didn't want to believe what they believed. But Pharaoh was in the way. And that's why Moses had to warfare on behalf of the people. And there's a time in your life where you had to stand in the gap and warfare. And when I said before, there's a, I don't shout all the time, there is a time where you need to shout. And you're probably thinking, oh, it's a bit... Oh, contradictory area about what you just said there. Because no, there is a time. I'm not saying you shout all the time. There are moments in the all-black game. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. But you know, I don't shout for the whole game, even though I want to. But there's moments of excitement where you jump out of your seat and go, yes! And there's moments there where you need to press through and just trust that God will break through. Is your faith faith that warfare's? Is your faith a faith that wins? Talk about Joshua. He was also listed in there in the hall of faith. You're on the winning side already. Because of the victory of the cross, because of what Jesus has done, you're won. You're on this side. So if I was to place it there, you can't see this, but I'm going to put this line here. Can you see that? Kind of? No? There's a line in the middle of the stage. There's a line right here. And when you came to Christ, when you revealed, when he revealed yourself to you and you actually said, Jesus, come into my life. I want to give you everything of me. I actually worked out something. That actually I stepped into a place where there was, I was out of a kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light. And in this kingdom, this king, Jesus ruled. And anything that happens in this kingdom, I'm a winner. I can stay back here. That's why the Bible says, don't be lukewarm. Because some people want in when the things are good and bad. 
then they also want to enjoy the past, the BC times. They look around, yeah, I know you guys have BC times. But the amazing thing is that we need to choose now. Choose who you going to serve, who you're going to be part of, what kingdom you're going to be part of. You can either stay where you're at before Christ, or you can run, run in this area of your life and say, everything here, Lord God, I want to give you. Everything. Everything I want to give you. And this is where we start to access a lot of things in Christ. So when we say, is your faith a faith that wins? This is what I'm saying is that God already has won it for you. The problem is that in our minds, we don't believe that. Our feelings tell us we don't live that. That's why faith is the substance of things hoped for, because I want to live in the victory that God has promised for me. That's why I need to start to believe and live in this place where everything in Christ is possible. We start to believe, God, I'm, I'm, I know that you're going to save my, my loved ones. God, I know you're going to save my brothers and my sisters. God, I know it's, it's in your plan, Lord God, because I know, Lord God, you don't want anyone to perish but come into this relationship with you. Today, I stand in that victory because I believe you're going to come through. Don't live in the thing, oh, God, I one day, one day, someday, just before they die, Lord God, just to say, whisper your name. No, no, no. Lord, let them live in the fullness of being in a relationship with you so they can walk a victorious life every single day. Lord God, I thank you that I am not the tail, that I am the head. That everything that for your kingdom's sake I can access and I have free authority and access to that today because I'm winning in Christ. You've already won. Turn to someone and say, you're already a winner. You're already a winner. <laughs> this is what it sounds like. You're already a winner. Yeah, you're already a winner. <laughs> you're already a winner. No, you are a winner. Turn to someone and say, you're a winner. <laughs> okay. Faith, faith is, a, is a confidence and the conviction. What we speak and what we say, we have the power in our mouths. So when we say what we do, we actually made an image of God. God created the world. He spoke it into being, and that same authority lives in our mouths as we speak. So when you say it like that, it's not just a, a catchphrase or turn to someone and say, you're actually declaring in your life, you're a winner. You can't see it yet, but I want to speak that world into existence in your life. That's what you're doing. Your words, they form worlds. And you can either live in a world where one day you'll get there, or you can live in a world, you know what? I see a victorious person. Right now, the battle is hard, but you already have victory over it. Take authority right now, today, in Jesus' name. And you live in that place where you speak it out, and God turns up because he loves to form things around what he has spoken through you. So that's what we've got to do. That's why the power of words are important.
I just want to finish this one thing. Hopefully this is helpful. Is this helpful? No. I just want to share this thing. This is a... Uh, I wasn't going to preach on it, but I shared it with the staff during the weekend. I just feel to share it now. Matthew 6.10, it says, uh, Seek ye first, oh, 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. What are all the things... Well, he talks about it before. He talks about what are you worrying about? Clothes, what are you worrying about? Food. What are you worrying about? All this stuff. And then he actually focuses on this one moment. Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And all the stuff that you're worrying about, the clothes, the food, where it's sort of like a we and a sleep and all that stuff, it's going to be taken care of. Pretty cool promise, eh? But do we actually live it out? Because when we seek God, it's uh, kingdom is split up into two areas, the rule of God and the reign of God. I know some of the staff have heard this because I spoke about it on Thursday. So the kingdom of God, kingdom, is broken up into two areas, the rule and the reign. Cool? So for example, the queen, Queen Elizabeth II, she has rule and reign over the Commonwealth, or the Commonwealth countries. Cool? She started her rule at a point of time. And she will reign until she dies. Are we following? So there's, when it comes to that, the kingdom has a point of time and a period of time. And then at the end of it, God adds this cool statement onto that. And it's righteousness. So the kingdom, if we break it up, kingdom is seek ye first the rule and the reign and the righteousness of God. Cool? Three R's, straightforward. So are we seeking the rule of God? Are we seeking the reign of God, and are we seeking the righteousness of God? Righteousness broken down is, are we in right standing and being in right standing with God? Cool? Straightforward, eh? So, when we break this up, in this one area, and I hope this stirs your faith, in this one statement, the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit reveal themselves in this statement. How does he do that? Well, the rule of God is actually the authority. God, the Father, gives us authority. All authority has been given to you. Go into all the world. All authority. So tell someone you have all authority. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. So the Father's given you all authority. So the Father is revealed through the reign, uh, through the rule. The Holy Spirit is revealed through the reign. And when we talk about the reign of God, it's actually talking about this Holy Spirit is upon you because he has anointed you. And then the last part of it is the righteousness of God. We are in right position with Christ. When we are in right position with Christ and we stand before God one day, the Father is in our position. So God has given us position through the Son. And in doing so, it gives us access to the anointing and to the authority. So what does that mean? The keys of the kingdom have been given to you. That means in any circumstance in your life, you have authority, you have anointing, and you have access. But the problem is this. 
We sit on one side of the fence worrying about, oh, I wish one day I'll get there. But God's saying, when you came to Christ, access. He has given you anointing by the Holy Spirit and authority by the Father. So that means anything you need access to, you have authority for and anointing for. So God has given it all to you already. But we live on this side. It was like I was telling the team, it's like I came to the church one day and I forgot my keys. I have two sets of keys. I have a big bulk bunch of keys, which are the church keys, gives me access to this room. Then I have one key, which gives me access to the car. Now, the car key does not give me access to the building. Isn't that right? At all. But what the big lot of keys do is they give me access to the whole building. It's like me coming to worship in the mornings, uh, to music practice in the mornings, driving my car, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, I forgot my keys at home. I have authority to be in the building. Is that right? I have, I have authority. Even if I kick down that door, I have authority. I'll be in trouble, but I have authority. I am enabled. I am able to be here. Anointing is the enabling of God. I'm able to be here. I'm actually able to be here because I've got a job to do. I've got, a, I've got something to do here and music and work and all that stuff. So I'm able to be here. But I don't have access because I don't have the keys. So even though I'm trying to break in, I'm not doing it the right way because I don't have access, and that's the key. Many times, many Christians walk around with all the authority in the world, all the anointing in the world, but no access. Today, we need access. Everything is given through a position in Christ already. So when you came to Christ, when he stepped over the line and said, God goes, here's a set of keys. Everything I'm praying for, you have authority, you have anointing for it, and you have access to my son. But we don't actually live like that, don't we? But today, we need to change. When you walk out the store, you need to change. God, I'm only seeing, um, there's, a, there's a few things I need to break through. And God, how do I do that? God's saying, I've given you authority. I've given you an anointing. And I'm giving you the access. So today, it's time to take all those things. Because you live in a place of victory. And it's on this side already. Everyone in this room is victorious. Even if you don't feel like that. Oh, wait a minute. It's not about the feelings. And that's where we need to change. So I'm going to ask you to all to stand. The reason why I'm passionate about this this morning, because oh, my prayer is that you walk in the victory that God has given you. And it's not for my sake. It's not to grow this church. Not at all. It's for what God wants to do and advance in His kingdom and your workplace. Well, your family is. Because I think a lot of us think that it's a, it's a program that we do. No, it's a life that we live. And that's the difference. Now, the testimony of what happened over here with Shan, Haley, and the family is now a testimony they can share with others. And even his dad is grateful. I'm sure he's going to share the testimony as well. But that's now become their testimony. I know these people break up just trusting God. There's been a few a roller coaster moments this week where people are going, oh God, what are you doing? What is, what's happening, God? But guess what? God's not shaken because his kingdom's unshakable. 
The only thing that's unshaken is our feelings, our emotions. That's why today we've got to live in a place of faith. And it's going to be hard because some of us have never lived in that place where I need to really trust God because I haven't seen it before, but I know God can. And that's where the step, well, Indiana Jones, he stepped out. He couldn't see what we were stepping into, but he knew that there was something there. And so my prayer is that when you go tomorrow to your workplace, you're taking all the authority, all the anointing, and all the access you need to be a blessing in that place. You have it all right here. We need to start saying, God, and if you're feeling, oh, Joe, I can't do that. That's not my personality. It's not your personality. It's definitely not your personality because God can use anyone. All those people in the Bible were all different, totally different. One guy didn't want to speak. Moses, I can't speak. He's my brother. But yet God used him. Joshua, Abel, all different. Enoch, we'll probably see him one day on chariots. But the amazing thing is that God used him. Why? Because they knew who they were. They understood that what God wanted to do through them was important. And they had the faith to access, to have authority, and know they can stand in the anointing of God. Can we pray? Let's pray. If that's you this morning and you feel, man, God, I want to be like Indiana Jones in that movie. I want to just step out. I know you're going to be there, but I, know, I haven't done this before, God. And I, I'm a bit scared that the fear is coming. But God, I know that that feeling is not of you. Because you live in a place of faith. And I pray this morning, if that's you, and you want to just this week just be tested, by, be challenged by God, step out in faith. If you're trusting God for something big that you know that only God can answer, I want you just to raise your hand and say, that's me, Joe. Can we just, yeah, I want to pray. I want to pray that I will step out even more. Because the problem is that you don't, you have the access, you have authority, you have anointing. You just got to use it. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, for the hands that are raised, Lord God. I want to thank you, Lord God, that you want to do a work through them. Even this week, Lord, I pray that you bring about circumstances that will stretch their faith. And God, I want to pray that you would show them, Lord God, that if they just be still in you and just know that you are God, that you haven't left them, you haven't forsaken them, that you are with them, Lord God, I pray that they would see that there is another side to them trusting in you. And God, I pray that, Lord, those who have not been able to access everything that you have called them to, I pray that you would, Lord, even today, just shatter our mindset from the old, from the past, Lord God, that's held them back. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that you want us to, to live in this, Lord God, to have all authority, to have all the, you've given us the anointing, and we thank you, Lord God, that we have access through Jesus Christ. And today we stand in victory, Lord God, knowing that everything is possible in faith in you. We honor you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you all. If you need prayer for anything, I want you just to know there'll be a team up here under this tent area. Um, but also if you come here and you, you don't know Christ, I would love to pray with you and introduce you to my Savior and my Lord. Bless you all. Tea and coffee, you can bring it back in here as well. If you have tea and coffee there, you can bring it back in and have some fellowship using these tables. Bless you all.
Thanks, brother.